Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> Spare Room Written by Luke Condor Narrated by Josh Curran Tegan, come back! Nolan screamed across the glen. Please! The early morning mist hung in the air, obscuring the furthest side of the water and the valley tops. The grey-white was all around, all-consuming, made him feel like he was standing on an island floating in the clouds. Come here, girl. Come here. Nolan screamed until his voice was hoarse, but it was no use. The dog was gone. A whimper escaped his wet lips. The feeling of losing Tegan, so far from any roads or outhouses in the Scottish Highlands, was painful for a number of reasons. For one, it wasn't his dog. It belonged to Addie, the sweet old Scot who rented Nolan his attic room for the spring. I love that dog, Addie had said one night as they shared a smoke and a drink in the living room, pointing to Tegan, who was curled up by the crackling fire. Only dog I've ever had that didn't piss in the house. Plus, she'll be whatever you need her to be that one. She's a good girl, a very good girl. The feeling of telling Addie how he'd lost his dog was a poison in his gut. Made him sick, like he needed to vomit up the bad, sweat it out, sleep off the shivers. At a time in Nolan's life where he had no friends, 
hadn't spoken to his family in months, and had essentially jettisoned himself from the life he knew in London. Addy had been his only friend. Addy and Tegan, that was. And why did you move up there? Nolan thought. What was it that brought you to Scotland in the first place? When most people lose their fiancé, they might go back to their mum and dad's for a week or two. But Nolan had straight up quit his job, decided to use the little savings he had to get somewhere remote, isolated, and away from people, asking, Why? Why did you break up? Why did you quit your job? Why did you fuck it all up, Nolan? Again. A night of cheap wine and Indian food, and Nolan found himself on Airbnb, booking the cheapest escape he could afford. Addy Robinson's attic room in the Scottish Highlands. The other reason he hated losing Tegan was because the little black and white collie looked exactly like the dog he had growing up. A dog so far back in Nolan's youth that he could only half remember what she looked like. But some part of him, deep down, recognised that black little nose, those brown eyes, and those black markings. Some part of him saw Tegan and felt like she belonged to him too. And losing her on that morning felt like Nolan wasn't only failing the life of his present self, but the life of his past self too. Why, Nolan? Why? I'm sorry, he said to the wind, to Tegan, to Addy, maybe himself. I'm really fucking sorry. He took a deep breath before taking one last walk up to the top of the hillock closest to him. He looked once more upon his surroundings. Behind him was the single gravel path that disappeared into the mist. The country path he'd been on when Tegan disappeared. To his left and right were hills and mountains, all unscalable without proper climbing equipment. And directly in front of him was the water, cold and still and silent. Unnaturally so. He squinted his eyes, tried to see through the mist for any sign of Tegan. Just as he was about to turn back, he heard a noise. Faint, it travelled across the air, echoed loosely around the hills. The sound of it made his heart race. More so when he realised it was a woman's voice, singing. Hello? Nolan called out as he headed down the hill and towards the water's edge. He followed it around, listening as the music grew louder, somehow sweeter. Who's there? Can you hear me? Running along the water's edge, his feet slapping the wet ground, he saw the woman. She was beautiful draped in a silky white fabric with green eyes that pierced through the mist. The woman was singing as she rinsed water from her hair. It took Nolan a second to realise that she was completely drenched, the clothes almost see-through in their wetness. Immediately, he looked away, but continued to step forwards. Hello, 
Sorry, I, I didn't mean to bother you. You haven't seen a dog anywhere, have you? The woman continued to sing, but either her accent was too thick or she wasn't singing in English. Either way, Nolan couldn't understand the song, but still felt the allure of it. It was soft and beautiful and deserved a better audience than him. Excuse me, he said once more. I'm really sorry, but I need to find... The woman stopped singing. Carefully, he moved his eyes to hers and saw that she was staring at him. Her head tilted to the side, her expression plain and empty. Once again, he noticed just how wet she was, how cold she must be out here like this. Immediately, he unzipped his coat and offered it to her. Confused, she placed her hand on it. Suddenly, her fingers leapt from the coat and found Nolan's hand. Her fingers were ice-cold and deathly, and it would have given him cause for concern if she wasn't staring at him in that way. Like she loved him. It was the only label he had for that look. Love. The wild-eyed ecstasy love that was never real, never lasted. I need to find my dog, he said. And here she pulled him towards her with unseen strength. The coat fell to the floor beneath them. He went to pick it up, but she lowered her head to catch his eyes, forced him to look up. I'm sorry, he said, unsure who he was apologising to but just so much in the habit of doing so. Thoughts of the life that he'd left came to him. It seemed so long ago now. It didn't even feel like his life. How could it be? How could that person who was so close to marriage, so involved in his career, be the same one standing here at this moment? This beautiful woman. And here he thought he heard Addie's voice. That sweet old Scotsman's singing was somewhere behind him. He went to turn and look, but the woman shunted forward, wrapped her arms around his middle, her left hand around the back of his neck, her right hand digging away at his jumper until it found a way in. Skin to skin. Her hands were so cold they burned, and yet he didn't seem to mind. If anything, he welcomed the attention. Each glance from her seemed a victory in his sad little life. Each touch, a war. He looked back at her eyes and couldn't seem to draw himself away. Their noses were touching, and all he wanted to do was kiss her. It was as all-consuming as the mist, which had grown thicker with every passing second spent. I don't even know your name, he said as she pressed her lips to his as her tongue found its way into his mouth, touched his tongue. There was a sucking sound, like tentacles fixing themselves to glass. Small and many, it took Nolan a second to realize her tongue had latched onto his. He tried to pull himself away, but the woman came with him as if they'd been fixed with magnets and sewing wire. Panicked, he grabbed a hold of her head. The more he pushed her away, the more he felt himself stuck to her. 
Nolan felt three pops on the back of his neck like fingers through cellophane. The same again, down in the lower of his back. He kicked now, even pig squealed as he thrashed, but the more he pushed away, the more his hands sank into her, through the red hair, into the toffee flesh beneath. Of course you do, he heard a voice say. He didn't need to turn to know it was Addie. Of course you know her name, you dafty. Help! He wanted to scream. Please, Addie, help me! But his mouth was now full of hers, and it left no room for movement. He squealed as her form softened around him, came away in sticky, cheesy strings, and Addie laughed behind him. That same laugh he'd heard every night as they drank and watched and bitched about Big Brother and Love Island on the TV. There's a good girl, Addie said as he felt himself being pulled forward. You eat up, Tegan. The words meant nothing now as Nolan thought of his old life. He wanted nothing more than to go back to it. He kicked against the floor and tripped on his own coat. Her face was still fixed to his, their eyes locked. She wasn't a woman anymore. She melted and changed before him as she dragged Nolan into the water. She was, at one moment, a woman, at another, a dog. Another, she even looked to be a horse. And then, as they went into the water, her form became little more than skin-coloured jelly with emerald green eyes. As Nolan was pulled under, he instantly felt the water enter his lungs, felt as its coldness welled in his insides. Above the water, he saw the light rippling, saw Addie looking down. She'll be whatever you want her to be, Addie had said. She's a good girl, a very good girl. As the prey was drowned and the meal was consumed, Addie sang his song to the Kelpies, the same song he sang every night, and continued to sing until Tegan climbed out of the water and shook herself off, barking as she did so. Come on, girl, Addie said. I need to get the room ready for our next tenant. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. Spare Room was written by Luke Condor, narrated by Josh Curran, edited by Carl Hughes, and music by Mayu and Sam Robson. So, do you like horror stories told in the medium of audio? If you listen to this podcast, I'm pretty sure that you do, because we just released our next patron-exclusive episode of The Other Stories. It's an episode called Magnum Opus. The itch never fades. Nearly half a century since his glory days, Jack's decides that his 80th birthday is the perfect place to stage his magnum opus. So if you want a piece of that exclusive action, head over to patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver and pledge from as little as one pound. Until next time.